Welcome back to Camera Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell, and today is episode 188 of the podcast, and I'm joined by Perry Wilson of Stupid is the Norm. Today, we are going to be learning about becoming a millionaire, earning minimum wage, quite the feat. Throughout his adult life, Perry made every financial mistake there is to make, but in his 50s, he decided enough was enough, and since then, he's been demonstrating how to do this become a millionaire while earning minimum wage in 10 years and he's been documenting his journey on YouTube along the way. Expect to learn the big decisions, mindset shifts and actions that are required to radically change your financial future as well as the different milestones, emotions, methods and the approaches that Perry has employed and experienced on his journey so far. I found this a fascinating conversation and while I have had conversations around financial independence before and even the fire movement with a gentleman called Steve Adcock in the US, this was a a British, a UK example, and I thoroughly enjoyed having Perry on the show and diving into some questions that he's maybe not answered before when it comes to his financial journey. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported by the Young Entrepreneur Society. The Young Entrepreneur Society, or YES for short, helps you to create financial success in any industry you turn your hand to through YES's Millionaire Coaching Network, the Private Managers Club, and the Online Business Academy. While Perry is a great example of somebody that is showing how to scale wealth quickly in a low-paid job, I certainly am somebody that favors trying to build my income streams as much as possible and get there that little bit faster at the earliest possible opportunity. The range of education and support within the S Academy is absolutely huge and the courses include things like sales and negotiation techniques, life mastery and mindset, social media marketing, property 101 and even the 100k fast track every month new courses are being added and you can continue to learn and upskill some of the new courses that are on the way include e-commerce affiliate marketing and there now is a fitness course as well to make sure that your body is as dialed in as your brain whether you have your business started yet or not yes is the place to be to get ready to accelerate and move forward and really drive your growth i have been a member behind the scenes since january and it's had a pretty profound effect some people will have noticed some of the, the scaling up that i've done with both the podcast and some of my sales consultancy stuff and being around a like-minded community, dialing into some of the different courses and upskilling where I needed to has been hugely helpful. As a podcast listener, you can get up to 50% off your membership of the Yes Academy or the Yes Academy Lite, and the code will be in the show notes for the Yes Academy. It's Cambro, or for the Yes Academy Lite, it's Cambro Lite, and the link is bit.ly forward slash Yes Cambro, and that will be linked in the show notes. I truly believe you are the content you consume and the people you spend your time around, so please do choose wisely, and thank you for continuing to choose camera conversations if you're new here hit the subscribe or the follow button and make sure you've left a five-star rating on apple Podcasts or on spotify the music's going to play and you're going to hear from myself and mr perry wilson perry welcome to the show thank you so much for joining me thank you very much for having me on colin appreciate it. i've been looking forward to this Yes, is when we started talking on LinkedIn, I was like, this is going to be a conversation that people are going to find very interesting because while I've done lots of personal finance episodes now and we've cocked up a good number of different conversations, this one is from a, a very different angle. And you've been demonstrating how to become a millionaire in 10 years, earning minimum wage. Again, hugely different angle. But mm -hmm. I want to go back to when that even became an idea because it's an, it's an abstract idea that I don't think many people have spoken about. Well, yeah, I started I started a plan uh, ten years ago, not ten years ago, about four and a half years ago now. But it was a ten year plan, and it wasn't to be a millionaire. I, I, in common with lots of other people, had set my sights really low. I found myself working behind a bar at age fifty seven on a minimum wage. I had no money in the bank, and I had ten thousand pounds of the credit card debt. It's starting to sound like a Mike Winnett bullshit backstory, but it's but it's not. Um, uh, and and I was. And I was in a trough, viewers. You know, you go through life, you, you go through peaks and troughs, and you put all the peaks on your CV, but you miss all the troughs off. Well, I was in a, in a trough now. I've had some great jobs. Um, I made a lot of money, um, but I spent a lot of money as well. And I was in a trough. And at age 57, I realized I had 10 years of state retirement, and that was a bit of a kick up the pants. Um, and I, up, up until that stage, as I said earlier, I was... Um, waiting for the universe to recognize my genius and just give me a million pounds but that's not how it works um you have to give something in return Every, everything comes at a price most people aren't willing to pay the price but i was forced into this backed into the corner if you wish because i had i had no choice i had to do something massive 
you know, saving for rainy days and an emergency fund. I didn't have time for any of that because I only had 10 years left, 60, uh, you know, 67 retirement age for somebody who's my age now. And um, so I had to do something, take some massive action. And I originally started only to save £300,000. I thought, how much could I possibly imagine having? And given that the, the, the most I've ever had in my bank account in the previous 57 years was £16,000, and that was off the sale of my first property. So for me to imagine anything more than 300000 was just, I had no frame of reference for that. So I thought, well, if I can save 300000 in 10 years, then, then I'll be pleased with that. And the reason I had 300000 is because I've always wanted to be wealthier, and I, I don't think that's an uncommon um, goal. Um, I'd always want to be wealthy. And, I, you know, if I'm honest, I knew how to get wealthy as well. We all do. But, um, we'll go into that in a second. But I, 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 but I thought to myself, how much is wealthy? Because if it's a number, it should be the same for everybody. But it's not. If you ask different people, they'll tell you wealthy is a different amount of money. So it can't be a number. So I spent a lot of time thinking about this. I mean, I mean weeks before I came up with a goal. And I thought, well, I think wealthy is a, a feeling. So I thought, okay, if it's a feeling, what would you have to be feeling or experiencing or doing in order to feel wealthy? And, and I, I, one of the things I did in my life was I spent 12 years in the Royal Navy. So I had an affinity for the sea and I've always wanted to buy a nice yacht, not just a normal yacht. I wanted a big fuck off yacht. So I priced one up and I thought I can get a lovely 50 foot Beneteau for a second hand one, by the way. Uh, for a hundred thousand pounds and then i figured if i was sat on my yacht in some greek lagoon with the sun going down with a margarita in my hand and i had enough money in the bank to fund that lifestyle i would feel wealthy so i figured 200 grand would do me by the time i get to 67 i haven't got long left 200 grand would just if i was frugal i could do that so that's how i came up with the number 300,000. i got i'm skipping a bit out here but i got about two years nearly three years into the deal and I realized that under shot and then I came up with the idea I thought hey hey and I crunched the, the figures that I was making instead of the figures I imagined I could make and I reckon I can get it a lot better than this and I think I can if I push this really hard I can get a million in 10 years whilst earning minimum wage that's and quite that's exciting though Perry, isn't it because the goalpost moved because the plan was actually going too well yeah and it's funny because I was, I was doing these videos because I record all my journey on on YouTube and, and, I, and I was I was struggling for you know, to get writer's block sometimes, and I thought, what can I do? And and I was and I was just crunching the numbers again, and, and that's when I had a bit of an epiphany. That this is no, I can't, I can make a lot more than three hundred thousand pounds. I think by the time I got to three years, I was I'd done one hundred and ten, hundred and twenty thousand. But it was, and then I thought, my God, this is going to be great. I could, this is going to be phenomenal, and I should tell more people about it. And and I got myself all excited, and I'm on target right now. I'm nearly five years into the into the game, but. I'm not, I don't feel any different, Colin, I don't. And it's because I'm not living the lifestyle of a, of a, of a millionaire. Although um, I, I became financially independent after only three years. And by the end of this year, my net, my gross rather gross uh, unearned income will be about, about £100,000. But I don't feel any different. I'm, I still go to work. I still work 11 hours a day as a cab driver. And I don't feel any different because my lifestyle hasn't changed and that's what happens with most people. That's what I do in the past. I was guilty of it as myself, you know, as anybody else is. Is when I got a raise, I spent more money. Lifestyle um, creep. And, you know, lifestyle creep. Yeah, I was, I was as guilty. I've had the new BMWs. I've, I've been on luxury yachts and great holidays. I've dined at ten and eleven down the street. I've some, you know, I've had a really good. Um, so this is not a bullshit backstory because I've had a great past. I've just spent a lot of money and been stupid and spent all my money. Um, so I was—I say I wasn't being any different, but I'm, I don't live any different now. I still start work at five o'clock in the morning. I, I finish at four in the afternoon. I work six days a week for the first two years. I work seven days a week, eighty hours a week for two years, taking only Christmas Day and Boxing Day off. So I had four days off in two years until, I, and I was saving sixty percent of what I earned, and and that's how I, I saved up. It took me two years to save up twenty thousand from my first deposit on, on a rental property. Um, but it's hard. It's hard work. It is. I'm, I'm not. I'm not to say there's, there's no magic wand here. I'm not telling you it's easy. It is bloody hard. Um, but it's possible. And I do genuinely believe that anyone who's able to work can become wealthy. Can't just If you're willing to put the hard work in, make some sacrifices and take time. I've had some great opportunities in the past and I've walked away. I've run, I've owned successful pubs and I've walked away because I got bored. 
because I wasn't making enough money fast enough. But I do realize now that it's t time is, is the hardest part of the whole thing. And it's the most important time. Even if you're just investing in a pension, not doing Spartan as I am in, in property, it's time in the game that, that takes it. And there's no way of avoiding that. So if anybody's trying to sell you a get-rich-quick scheme, run for a mile because they don't exist. They genuinely don't exist. And you don't take my word for it. I'm no guru. I'm just a cab driver. You look at anybody who is wealthy now, none of them did it overnight, unless they won the lottery. And then they tend not to hang on to it because they don't understand how money works. But if you look at anybody who's wealthy, so don't take my word, you, you pick your top 10 most famous guys that took them years to do it. Steve Jobs worked at Apple for 27 years before he designed the iPhone. And yet he designed the iPhone and then people said, oh, he's an overnight success. Not at all. He did 27 years of the graph before then. It's mad, isn't it? And, and you crazy. said you were waiting for the the, the, the world to recognize you as a, a genius and, and yeah. hand you your million pounds. And you named some of the the, the, the really interesting different things. You, you've, owned, you've owned a pub, you were, you were dining at 10 Downing Street, and you obviously had some high-level roles. What mistakes were you making during that period that meant that you got to 57 and you didn't have the financial... I, I concern myself with looking wealthy rather than being wealthy. Um, and that's, and again, that's not unusual. It's much easier to, to look wealthy than actually be wealthy. You know, you can, you can buy yourself a new suit and hire the car for the day uh, and you look wealthy, an overnight success if you wish. But you can't then go out, go around with your friends because they'll not see you for the fraud you are because they knew you before you bought the new threads and hired the new car or, buy, or at least the new car. So you then have to go and hang out in different places where nobody knows you uh, with different friends or the other frauds, as I now call them, of all pretending to be rich. Um, so I was just at everybody else, you know, as I said, I've had the BMWs and the nice holidays and the designer clothes. I don't own a designer. This is the only, this is the only shirt I have with a logo on now. And it's, got, it's got the taxi cab logo on it. Um, so I don't believe in any of, any of that anymore. It's not necessary. And I think the, the more money that I, I amass, the more, the bigger the body of evidence I have that, that what I'm doing succeeding, the less I'm interested in, to the point where Remember, I said when I started, I wanted to buy this yacht. I don't want to buy the yacht anymore. It's not important. The yacht, when I started, was a symbol of my success, a symbol of hedony, a symbol of who I am. But you, and it's one of the things that I would, I would um, advise against is is making things represent you. You know, your clothes don't represent you. Your car doesn't represent you. The yacht you have in the hob doesn't represent you. That you don't don't make these things you. Your job doesn't. Your job doesn't mean define you. you yeah. Define you. A lot of people do that. You know, especially if you've got some a great job. You know, you got a, a high level engineer or a doctor or whatever, and, and it becomes themselves, and they get wrapped up in it. That that losing or losing this job or this position um, hurts them personally. Hurts hurts their psyche. Um, your job is just a means of generating income it's what you do with the money that, that's important thing so it doesn't matter if you're a cab driver like me and i speak on an equal i think with doctors and politicians I spent seven years in politics by the way that's how it's at downing street and and i've you know talked with uh, and argued with politicians at high level um and i treat everybody is the same but it doesn't matter how much money you earn because if you're earning here's a, here's a statistic for you that the the, the uh, professional footballers association the pfa says that three out of five professional footballers who earned more than £30,000 a week ago broke when they leave football. So that tells you that it doesn't matter how much you earn, what's important is what you do with the money. Um, so if you're, if you're a hotshot lawyer and, and, and you're up to your eyeballs in debt funding your lifestyle um, and you don't have anything in the bank and the, the, the slightest personal financial mishap will, will make you go broke, that's not a safe position to be in. But they, spend, they have to spend that sort of money to to look the part to their of course to their colleagues and what have you and it's it's not necessary don't make your job you you are not your job it's just a means of generating income it doesn't matter what you do it's what as a job or how you generate the money it's what you do with the money that counts the way you speak now perry and the perspectives you've got are clearly a radical shift from how you spent the majority of your life appreciate at 57 you you were getting a bit of a shock this 10-year countdown but you must have rewired some of your other thought processes around materialism and keeping up with the joneses what kind of self-work were you doing to achieve that i am um, it's a great question you know i've not asked him before and i, I do a lot of self self-reflection self-contemplation trying to understand why i do these things and 
and what's changed now. I think, and maybe it's an age thing, Colin, maybe it's an age thing that you spend, we spend so much time worrying about what others think of us and and almost letting what they think of us or being concerned of what they think of us decide how we act, we behave, how we present ourselves. Dante in um, uh, Dante said, um, someone asked, where did I get this from? Someone asked, someone asked his dad, asked their father, um, you know, I, I want to do this, but I'm frightened what people will say about it. And, and his father quoted Dante and his Dante said, follow your own path, let them talk. And, and that's what I do now. Now, that may be an age thing or that may be that I just got a rock bottom and that I, I had to put my ego to one side and say, mm. I haven't got time for this ego. This, this, this is this is what's held me back for so long. And therefore, I've got to dump this ego in order to to go to to go to where I want to go to, to be who I am. And and I'm a cab driver now, as I've said many times, I'm nobody special. I've got no skills and no qualifications. Um, and to me, the, a cab driver, I used to see people being cab drivers who tried everything else and then being a cab driver. Mm. And I almost used to sneer at them, thinking, well, that's that's the last refuge of a desperate man to, to, to drive people around in a car. But you know what? It makes bloody good money. It's completely stress-free. I don't care what anybody else thinks of me now. Um, that is a that true ma- ego death, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. If you think a... about your ego when you were younger with some of the high flying jobs that you had like yeah. pub ownership a lot of that's personality led as well despite yeah. the, the pub having a name above the door everyone knows the person that owns the bar they that's go true. to because there's a personality to it yeah. so to go from that to being following your path and letting the others talk and, and, and kind of disregarding it, in particular putting it on youtube where you'll see in the comment section sometimes you'll get lots of very helpful comments but you'll get lots of trolls or unhelpful people who have faceless profiles that will make comments and if you can just shrug that off and carry on your path regardless that is a significant change from the person that you maybe spent the first 57 of your life's being 57 years of your life being yeah there's no there's no no question that i, I have changed um i don't want the things i used to want um I definitely don't think the way I used to. I don't care. And again, as I said, I didn't explain it. I think it's a, it might be an age thing as well. You know, you get grumpy old men um, where they just resent everything and everybody and they don't care and they're short-tempered because they no longer have time. I don't have time. I haven't got the 50 or 60 years ahead of me that I did have when I was a younger man and worried about how I, how I would need the cooperation of others to make me wealthy. Now I'm just being, doing it all by myself. It's often it's the way I prefer it because the people just let you down. And so you can re- I'm not going to always rely on myself. And if I do it by myself, then I won't let myself down. And I don't care what people think. I've, I've had, I, I tell you, I used to, this, this, is, I, this is a bit of the ego I used to have. It was just the, the last hanging by a thread piece of ego I used to have. When I first started cabin, I used to shit myself in case I'd pick somebody up who knew what I used to do. Mm. And occasionally I'd see them stood at the rank and I'd say, oh, I'm going to pick them up and they're going to ask, and they'd get in and say, "Yeah, I'm going to so and so, mate." And Perry, what, what, what are you doing driving a cab? You know, because they knew what I'd done in the past. So I had a little speech ready, uh, and I, I, would, you know, I probably still remember it. So it's been a year, a few years since I said it. So, it's, so this, here's what I used to say: "He said, oh yeah, I'm a cab driver. Well, what I've done, I've calculated that if I do this for ten years, I'll have saved up three hundred thousand pounds. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to buy a hundred thousand pounds yacht, and me and the wife are going to fill it full of rum and victuals and sail around the Mediterranean as pirates for our retirement." And they go, "Wow!" And then I then I put the knife in and say, "What's your plan, by the way?" Oh, I haven't got a plan. You know, me just we'll see what life throws at me and that sort of thing, which is which is my plan prior to that. And then right at the end, when they used to give you a tip because they felt obliged to give you a tip because you're a maid, and the give you a couple of quid and I'll say, cheers, mate, I'll put that towards me yacht. Mm. So, but that, that, it's that really was good that you recognize I don't get that, It's really good you recognize that and you, you've you you've worked your way through that. And one of the things that you mentioned was that three years in, you became financially free through your investments and your strategy that you'd, you, you'd done. Were there any other milestones before three years in that were particularly notable that kind of gave you a, a, a big boost along the way? The, the first property, um, I bought my first, I worked two years. It was really tough. As I said, I only had four days off in two years. And so I bought the first property. Uh, I'll tell you the figures. I buy on and, um, on Teesside. It's too expensive to buy where I live in, in Gated slash Newcastle. 
So I buy in Teesside. Um, I got a two bedroom semi for £67,000. Uh, sorry, £63,000. Um, it cost me less than 20000 to get into it. That's a stamp duty, deposits, paying solicitors, what have you. The mortgage at the time was £87. And the management fees were 50, but it was paying 550 pounds a month. So I was walking away with 400 quid at the end of the day. And that was 400 pounds that I didn't have to work for. Somebody else had to work for that. I didn't have to work for that. Somebody else had to work for that. And that was a bit of another bit of an epiphany. And also, you, re you don't really believe you can. Hmm, how do I say that? I, you know, I'd failed so many times in the past, Colin. Mm. And, and I told my wife what I was going to do and, and she didn't believe me and probably still doesn't believe me because I've let her down so many times in the past as well but I, I was fucking determined I was going to do this and, and then when I got the first property and you started getting a body of evidence behind you that hmm this is working this so really what I need to do is double down on this and, but the, the only bit you can, can't double down on is the time so at the time I was saving £1,300 a month from my cabbing and then I got this extra property, which made me fourteen hundred, so another four hundred pounds. So that was now saving seventeen hundred pounds, which reduced the time it took to save the deposit for the next one, and so on and so forth. But so the first one was a was a wow, this is I might have something by the tail here, and 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 I, but I haven't got any more excited since then because it's just grind. It's something I call the suck. You know, you, nobody Embrace becomes wealthy. Yeah, nobody becomes wealthy without first pushing through the suck and i'm still going through the suck now i'm i don't feel any wealthy i still got the same lifestyles i had when i the first day i started cabin um and it's i've got and i look behind me and i think that's five years but i look forward and i've still got another five years and as I, that's the toughest bit your body just adapts you know that people say and I, people say this to me all the time oh 80 hours a week 60 hours a week so i'd rather have me health and I, and I tell them it, it's as if you can be wealthy or healthy, that you can't be both. Mm -hmm. That's what people would seem to tell you anyway. Is there's no, that's not true. You can be healthy and wealthy. I, go, I tend to go for a run every night when I finish work. I've always been a fit guy, probably through, from the forces. But um, you can be wealthy and, and, and healthy. You don't, you don't have to, um, to be one or, or the other. Was property always the vehicle perry when did you decide that buy to lets and and we're going to get on to service accommodation of course but yep. when did you decide that was going to be the vehicle to financial freedom well how did i start the first thing i started i, I thought well okay here's me so what you need is you, you need a goal and then you need a plan because if you if you've got a goal but you don't have a plan you don't really have a goal at all what you have there is a wish a dream a hope uh, an aspiration but it's not a it's not a plan it's not a proper goal because you don't have a plan you're just hoping that what you what you want is going to come true so you need a plan and my plan originally was to um open up a pension why a pension well because that's what everybody says that's what the government's message is that's what you're taught when you join the armed forces you're automatically enrolled which i'm glad they did by the way uh when you, now there's auto enrollment at work they don't say, would you like to open a pension or would you prefer to invest in property? It's just, it's, it's auto-enrollment. You've got to have, I've got a friend of mine who works in HR and she said it's very, very difficult to opt out of auto-enrollment. Almost you've impossible. To, yeah. yeah. You, you have to go through prove, a, a pretty big process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's automatic. So, and, and, and I don't blame the government for that, you know, because the government are trying to reduce the tax burden in 40 years time for when the, you have to retire. And if they give four or five different messages, the message gets blurred and nobody does anything. So they just say, we're just all in on one thing. It's the pension. We'll ram everybody into a pension. So I, I, I fell for that as well. So I thought, well, that's the old, only alternative. What, what else is there? So I, I, I went the, uh, paid £900 to a guy who opened a pension for me. And I, I don't think he worked for his money. Uh, I, I filled out a, a risk assessment form. What did I think about this and what did I think about that? And I'm sure they just pumped it into a computer and they give out a list of funds that fit my profile. And he said, there you are. That's you. That's what I recommend. 900 pounds, please. Didn't know you have to hand over my 900 quid. Um, and then about nine months later, I think I was, I was putting money away and I just, I just looked at this pension. It felt like a bill. I wasn't feeling, feeling wealthier. It wasn't growing the way I'd thought it would grow. And so, Mark Twain says, um, when you find yourself on the on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. So I thought, this kind of right. There must be another way. And, and you know, if I'm, I've been involved in property in the past. It's, I'm, I'm an ex mortgage broker, um, and and that's better. 
so I guess I'm late here. Um, yes, no problem. So, so I understood how, how property worked. So then I said, okay, I, I drew, shut the pension down, draw my money out, and said, right, we're going to go into, into property. Um, I spoke to, uh, I start like everyone else does, go on YouTube, find out how it works. I was a little rusty on the, on the finance side, interest rates, what have you. And I thought we were then, so this is four and a half years ago now, and we were still feeling the pinch from the 2008 banking crisis. Interest rates were at, were at 0.1%. And I thought, well, this is going to go on forever because we were still teetering on the brink of recession. And I thought, we're going to have low interest rates for years and years and years. So it's now time to get into property. I got that wrong, by the way, didn't I? Um, Only recently, though, Perry, up until yeah. 2022, you were probably laughing when it came to yeah, mortgage rates. Like... Well, yeah, because I bought my third property uh, after three years. And my 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 share of the bills in the house, I pay all everything to do with the house, so gas, electricity, mortgage, mortality for the house. That's all my responsibility. My wife buys food and presents and clothes and so on. So I needed a thousand pounds a month. So by the third property, I had a thousand pounds a month in, in net rents. So after three years, I had become financial independent slash lean in that my unearned income covered all my bills in three years now let me put that into perspective let's say you were to go to um your pensions advisor and say right what i want from you is to tell me how much i would need in a fund that would in order to kick out a thousand pounds a month or twelve thousand pounds a year how much would the fund need to be now if you if you did that they would use something called the four percent rule which is a safe withdrawal rate i won't go into it here it's part of the um, William Bengen invented it and it was and it was revisited by the Trinity Project. But anyway, what it says is if, if they get a sum of money and if you can draw 4% out, it should last you for 30 years and in pounds a month, 12,000 pounds a year. So they would times that sum, 12,000 by 25 because 4% goes in 125 times. So now you say, so your pension advisor will say, you want 12,000 pounds? Yeah, Mr. Wilson, uh, well, that's, you need £300,000, right? And how do I get £300,000? Well, uh, if you get an 8% return and you put £200 a month in with your tax refund, it'll take you to tappy, tappy, tap, 28 years. Yes. 28 years, you get £300,000. Uh, and I did it in three years in property and I used 40000 So not 300000 not 28 years, three years for them. And that's the that's that's the, the the bit the pension thing. Now, does that mean I don't like pensions? No, pensions are great. Pensions are great for an average normal person. If you're happy to work for 40, 50 years, 60 years, maybe they're great. They will do the job. So much so that if you just worked at McDonald's from age 18 to age 67 or 68, and all you did was put two hours of your weekly wage into your Vanguard pension, you'd be a millionaire by the time you retired that's that's the truth because you've got a load of many many years in the game and that's all you have to do you, you don't have to worry about saving and worry about your future because your future will be sorted out by using that pension so that's great if you want to work 40 50 60 years i didn't have that the luxury of that i wasn't wise enough to do that when i was when i was 18 and, and recognized the the importance of continuing to do that when i left the forces um uh, but that option's there so i was back in the corner i had 10 years to do it but again all I'm demonstrating, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not the sort of YouTube guy who say this is how you invest in YouTube. I'm not a how-to guy. I'm a this is how I did it. Demonstrative. I've, I've demonstrated. I've recorded it all the way, so nobody can see it, it, you didn't do it because I did do it, and it's all there for posterity. And if anybody wants to possibly do it in, in ten years, I say that I'm only halfway through, but it's working okay right now and um, let's see where the next five years will bring i'm not sure i'll record every step of the way so you can watch watch me either fall on my arse or, or jump in my, in my yacht for my for a celebration yes what other vehicles have you used perry so property your taxi driving income what else yep. has supported this uh this financial journey what i also did was i uh, say i drip fed still do it now 100 pounds a month into a vanguard isa as a safe as a, a a safety fund an emergency fund um again i didn't i didn't have the uh, the luxury to put 100 pounds a month into a, a bank savings account because I, I wanted my emergency fund to earn money as well so i uh, dripped 100 pounds in there uh, until recently there was seven thousand pounds in there 
Um, Because you're doing about 1,200 a year on on, on that rate, aren't you? Yes, um, and I did. So, so, but I've cashed in. I've cashed 5,000 pounds in. And I, again, I'm a a recorder on my YouTube channel, so I'm dead honest about what I've had to do. Some of what what I do, I don't advise. Um, Two things I don't advise you do, which is what I did. I I cashed 5,000 pounds of my ISA in um, uh, because I'm buying the service accommodation now. And one of the bad things about being in property is it takes a chunk of money to get into it. So my my bank balance is about forty thousand pounds now, but it will go down to zero in about six. Because you paid the deposit for the yeah, tax and yeah, so it'll just go. Um, so I needed a little buffer, and I just felt felt comfortable having the five thousand pounds in cash rather than the five thousand pounds in an ISA. So I've cashed that in. There's a couple of thousand left in the ISA. Uh, I've got £5,000 in cash in my bank account. So I wouldn't recommend you do that, but it's just what I did. The other thing I did on the, the first property I bought, which I've since refinanced and got refinanced, got 21 grand out of it. Just, you know, I mentioned before, you go through your peaks and troughs. That was my first trough. Um, the tenants complained of um, condensation inside all the walls. It was quite bad. I've never been, in fact, I've never been in the property. I've got bought three properties and I've never been in two of them. So, so anyway, they complained and the the, the management guys are, are really good friends of mine. So they went and got their guys to have a look at it. Came back with a, this is what needs to do, and it was the, probably the, the condensation probably been there all the time. But as a combination of high energy prices, they weren't putting the heaters on, the heating on, so mm-hmm. it, nothing was drying out, and the high the high cost of fuel, they were keeping the windows closed because it was winter time. And so the combination two, there's condensation everywhere. We thought, well, we'll, we'll hack back some of the plaster of the walls and clean it up and put some dehumidifiers in there. But the problem was the roof, there's no, there was no membrane between the rafters and the slates. Uh, it was one of the last three in the whole street that didn't have, that had its original roof. So if they put a dehumidifier, it would just suck air through the outside of the roof and bring it in. So it wouldn't take it. It has to have a new roof on. Ken Grand was nine and a half grand. So that's a, that's a trough. That's a trough. So that represents, if you look at the rising mortgage rates now, so my mortgage was 87, it's now 220. Pay 150 pounds tax a year. Um, I'm walking away with 120, 128 pounds profit, but now I've got a 10 grand bill. So a 10, 128 and a 10 grand represents about four years worth of rent, rent of profit. So I'm not going to make anything out. So what I could have done, because I had the 40 grand in the bank, I could have took the 10 grand out of there and delayed the purchase of my first service accommodation property. But I didn't. I said, I think right at the beginning, that I had 10,000 pounds of the credit card debt. One of the first things I did with that was I went to the Halifax and borrowed 10,000 pounds and paid all the credit cards off. Um, was that because that, the Halifax was a better rate than the credit card? Yeah, the, the, I was. so I was paying... I was paying on the credit cards a little over 400 pounds a month and right. and I got 220 pounds a month on the Halifax to pay it off in four years. Now, if I'd have kept on doing that with the, with the credit cards, I'd have probably kept on paying them forever um, because the interest rate was higher than the, the amount I was paying off. The beautiful thing with a personal loan was you've got a five-year span, so it's got to be paid off in five years. So they were definitely cleared in five years uh, and it saved me 200 pounds a month. Now, I paid all that off in January this year and then this month or last month now as it is, I went back to Halifax and borrowed it back to pay for this roof. Is that the right thing to do? Probably not. I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, time will tell. Exactly. So what uh, the reason I did it was because I didn't want to delay the service accommodation because there's some chunky numbers in there. And I, and I always want to go for increasing income. The increasing the income means you save faster for the next asset in, uh, to invest in the next asset. So I didn't want to threaten that. So I borrowed the money. Hey, what, let's see how what, it goes. What about serviced accommodation got your interest then? Because that actually moved away from three previous buy to lets. And, and that was the reason in interest rates. So mm. if, if we do if we look at the figures on my on my first one, it's it's five hundred and fifty pounds rent, fifty pounds management fees, they charge ten percent of the rent. So so now we're down to five hundred. The the mortgage was eighty seven, it's now two hundred and twenty. So that means you've got two hundred and eighty left. But the tax man will tax you on five hundred at 20% plus 9% national insurance. So, you know, using take another 150 off, off that, you, you're left with nothing pretty much. So that was, again, threatening my income. So I needed to do something else. And 
I've been watching serviced accommodation for a while, and my property manager um, has half a dozen or so of them, and they are let out all the time. Middlesbrough has just been designated a free port by the government, and they're spending billions at it to bring it up to standard, and they're bringing contractors in from all over the country because it's just not enough qualified people on Teesside. And so I think for some years to come, um, they will need all the, all those contractors. And he says that this, the half dozen or so service accommodations got let out constantly. Just you can't get enough of them. So I'm pretty confident the numbers. I'll sh let me share the numbers with you. The one I've just bought, I'm buying one now, just the mortgage off on it. Um, it it will, should rent out for 105, 110 pounds a day. So that's over 3,000 pounds a month. Obviously, the, 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 the cost of getting into it is higher. I would, I would, the, my buying costs were... 20 grand to buy a buy let it's now 40 grand for um a service accommodation because you've got to bring it up to standard you've got to put a put all the furniture in all the white goods um it's uh you need a bigger property uh so it's a big three bedroom place yep. so it's cost me 40 grand to get into it um mortgage is going to be and i've done it through a limited company first time i bought through a limited company because the next property i bought would take me in the 40 percent bracket for personal learning so I wanted to avoid that, so I bought it through a person, a limited company. It's a serviced accommodation, so you can't have a normal buy let mortgage. It has to be a commercial mortgage because you haven't got a, a, a short, a short old tenancy. You've got a contract, um, so it doesn't fit the buy let model. So mortgage is five hundred pounds. Um, management fees are six hundred pounds, and I'm thinking gas and electricity and water and what have you. Uh, probably another 500 pounds so there's 1600 pounds off maybe 3300 I'm, I'm i'm thinking i'm going to net down to about a thousand pounds but still but here, double what you get from a, a your your absolutely. your first buy to let when it was running perfectly yeah absolutely so so let's say you make 12 grand a year it's cost you 40 grand to get into it you're you're making over 25 percent 20 27 percent something like that which Quite money is great. yeah we'll see how it goes I mean, the, the the downside is that, um, is that if for every month there is nobody in it, it's costing you a thousand quid. So you've got a bit of cash flow that. Uh, but I'm I'm assured that that, well, that won't be the case, and it'll be let out all the time. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to be seasonal. It's not a holiday home. It's service no. accommodation. Exactly. Yeah, I completely get that. You've spoken before about almost having like three strands. So your income, property, stocks and shares, but the fourth is around uh, a business i understand you looked at a, a franchise what's the situation with that i did i i gave up the franchise i can't say too much about it because i get sued okay uh, we had to sign uh, a non-disclaimer um but it was, it was a great shame i went into it with a friend of mine um and it was working it was we enjoyed it immensely then my partner and best friend had a um a heart attack um and he had a nervous breakdown and so the the running of the whole thing fell on my shoulders and given the fact that i was working 60 to 80 week, 80 hours a week as a cab driver that no longer worked and i couldn't and we walked away from it and um we got sued for four years loss of earnings i think it was but uh, we came to an agreement and we didn't leave we didn't we didn't separate amicably but but you know you've moved forward from it no, forward. I, yeah, it's gone. yeah it's a shame but, it's a shame but, because we enjoyed it but um there we are i was going to say it's interesting you explored that though is that something you're going to consider in the future if if that can be less admin intensive for you yeah I'm, i don't know you know there are only three ways to get wealthy colin um and they are business and i know this because if you go through the times rich list excuse me there's 101 the last the, i went through 2020 uh times rich list there's 101 people on there um, there's only there was three ways they made the money. One was business. Seventy-seven, seventy-seven of them made the money through business, um, and the other one was stocks and shares and property. So they're the only three ways you can do it. So I, what, what I thought I'd try and do was, well, I've got stocks and shares in my Vanguard ISA. I've got property. What I need is a little business to run alongside it. So that was my thinking at the time. Will I go and do it again? I, I don't know. It, it comes back to the stress thing. It was very stressful because. Not only was I working 60 to 80 hours as a cab driver, we were then at weekends, we're doing things on, on the franchise and what have you. And I certainly couldn't do it by myself. And I'm not sure if I need the stress anymore, if I'm honest. There's a trade off, isn't there? Like, yeah, whereas absolutely. if you can just go as hard as you can on the property, let's scale that as much as possible, have a managing agent for it and, yeah. and, and, and reap the rewards of that. So let's get on to 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten properties as, as fast as humanly yeah, possible. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's something else you want to consider if you if you if you're thinking about going to properties. What sort of property person are you going to be? I'm not a, I'm not the guy who will you know, charge the place and knock walls down and put kitchens in and bathrooms and because that's a property developer. I'm not a property developer. Um, I'm not the sort of guy who wants to manage it. Uh, I couldn't be doing with the stress of doing that. And clients ringing you because because the taps are dripping at two o'clock in the morning. Um, that's that's a, a property manager. I don't want to do that job either, any either. I'm just a property investor, and so I see my role as a, as, a, as an investor is to do two things. First of all, generate money to invest, and then look for things to invest in. Mm. And that's all I do. I'm, other than that, I'm hands off. I don't want the stress of doing anything. I just want to get if I can get 20, 25 percent return on my money, then I'm a happy bunny. Yeah, un- un- understood, Philly. the The name of your channel is stupid as the norm. Why do you think that's the case? I just dropped out a bit there. Say that again, Colm. Oh, sorry, Perry. I was asking the name of your YouTube channel is Stupid as the Norm. Stupid Why do you think the norm, that's yeah. the case? Um, I, I got the... I got, do you know a guy called Dave Ramsey, an American, American guy? American big yes, YouTube. I do, yeah. He's on radio show. And, yeah, he's huge. Um, and he, he, I used to watch him in the early days um, because he was all about saving money and what have you. And somebody rang his show and he, he'd say, look, here's, here's my situation, Dave. Um, I'm going to do this and do that. And Dave would say, you know why you did that? And he said, no, I don't, Dave. He says, because you're stupid. <laughs> That's why you did it. You're damn stupid. He says, but don't feel bad about it. He says, most people when it comes to personal finance are stupid. In fact, stupid is the norm. And I went, ah, stupid is the norm. I like that. Yeah. So, so and I was stupid. And I was stupid 57. You know, so I don't mind telling people they're stupid. I said, that's okay. I was for 57 years. I was stupid. I did all that stuff as well. Probably worse than you. I mean, I've been bankrupt. I've done ah, all sorts of stuff. I got bumped for the first time. When I came to the forces, the first thing, one of the first things I did was set up a business and I got bumped for 44 grand. Wow. In 2000, which didn't sound like a lot of money that I've got that money. I've got that in the bank now. But back then, and, and I didn't know much about business. And um, it was the dot com bubble that burst. Uh, which, which caused it, and um, and I couldn't carry forty four grand, so I had to go bankrupt. But yeah, it was twenty three years ago now. It's a, you learn from it, don't you? Just yourself. You get you go through life, you know, and life has a habit of beating you down. You know, I'm sure as young as you are, there've been times that've been pretty low for you, and and, and you have to just be prepared for that and just say that's going to happen. No, your success is not linear. It doesn't go up in a straight line. It'll go up and down and up and down and up and down. Eventually, getting if you're learning all the way, you'll get better. Uh, what you're doing and, and learn not make the same mistakes again but life will beat you down you just got to be prepared you know you don't the measure of person it's not how many times you get knocked down but how many times you get back up absolutely and, uh, i, 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 I agree strongly with that it, when it comes to personal finance why do you think stupid is the norm obviously um dave ramsey's reinforced that belief and, and, and shared that with you your channel addresses that but do you think what do you think the factors are that mean that that's the case um, well, the, the easy thing to say would be, well, it's all social media, isn't it? And, and people are trying to compete with each other on social media. But this was going on long before social media became a thing. And so I don't believe any of that nonsense at all. I, I, you know, we live in a hierarchical society. It's, the human beings love a hierarchical structure. And that means you're competing for the, for the most part. Um, or at least trying to be equal to those who you see around you. Um, it said you don't feel wealthy uh, on as long as people around you've all got the same amount of money as you, you only feel wealthy when you're with people who have less money than you. And so and it's the same with social standing. You want to look like, you know, we're herd animals. You want to be part of the herd. That, that's a, that's another human instinct. Uh, and I think that's genetic. And it's very difficult to break that. It's much easier and comfortable and safer to be part of the herd. So you, you tend to dress and look like and behave like they do. And it's it, it, sadly, it's, 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 the, it's the mavericks the people who do unusual things that people point at that, that achieve remarkable things because they don't behave like the herd. If you want to be part of the 10%, you can't behave the same way the 90% do. You have to behave in a very different way and you'll get a different output. But there's a lot of pressure on, less so as you get older, less so if you're backed into a corner and you have no choice but to do something as I was. But when you're younger, it's just easier to conform. I mean, why why push boundaries? Why not just go to Benidorm of Magalo for your mates because that's what everybody does. And it and, and if there's no if there's no um, uh, different paradigm, then you just think that's all there is, and that's 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 the way the world is. But it's not the way the world is. It's it's the way your little circle is. It's the way your horizon. It's, it's your horizon isn't 
so far away. You should be pushing and looking a lot further than that. Um, I think that's why sources like conversations like this and some of the different episodes we've done and some of the fantastic YouTubers you mentioned, Dave Ramsey, but there's 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 so many more, even more mainstream than that, that are on a smaller level that are reaching people and are educating that's information that you maybe don't learn in the in the schooling system for whatever reason and, and maybe we can maybe we can ponder why that is but yeah sure i certainly think there's more resources now than ever before and if you choose to become financially educated then you can radically change the game and one of the first really financial episodes i did was with uh, andrew craig the author of how to own the world and that right. was back at episode 42 and the number of young people in my audience kind of early 20s and mid 20s that messaged me being like all oh, right that's me going to understand how to set up a set up a direct debit to an isa yeah. invest in, in in an index fund pay yourself first all these different phrases that are second nature maybe to people like ourselves at this stage now perry yeah. but previous to having your eyes opened you'd be none the wiser because it's not discussed in the schooling system um i'm i'm, I'm writing a book right now i wrote, I wrote a few couple of books on my um website the free ebooks stupidisnorm.co.uk there's a couple of free ebooks on there but i'm writing a, one i want, want to print right now it's, it's called it will be called um the little book of money but and it, it's a bit of it's a bit of the basics about um how to become wealthy not just the management how to become wealthy and the bit that isn't taught in school and i want to write another book about uh called what the money what they didn't tell you in school or what they should have told you in school um and and again this is it's it's i don't i don't blame the schools for that a part of me thinks What's the point? Because I get this all the time. Why isn't this taught in school, Perry? And my, I used to say, well, what's the point? If you, if I was, to, you can't, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. If, if I can tell you, sit, I can sit anybody down, and within half an hour, I can, I can design a plan for them to become wealthy in ten years. If they just sacrifice what they're doing right now, a bit of hard work, give it ten years, millionaire, done. But the, the people just walk away and say, no, oh, I'm not doing that. And and, that, and there's more to it, you know. The more I think about this, do you watch a guy called Jordan Peterson? Professor yeah, Jordan. I like Jordan Peterson a lot. Yeah, I've seen him oh, yeah, live as well. It's been great. Have you? Right. Well, I wish I'd seen him live. So, and, and he goes into this a, a lot about it's not just telling people because you can tell people, you can say, here's the plan, here's the book, put your numbers in there, here's the flow chart, do this, da 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 da, da and come out the end. That's not that's not to what humans do. It, it, it takes more than just passing the knowledge on. If you get a room of 50 kids in a classroom or whatever, you know, 10, 10% of them will have an IQ less than 83, which means they're probably not going to do it because that's for statistics, 83. So, which means you can't be trained to do anything that's useful. So there's 10% of your audience gone. You'll have 10% of dreamers who'll be looking out the window. 10% people like me who've got ADHD and we're looking and, and just can't hold their attention for, you know, attention span more than five minutes. Um, you've got people who are arrogant. You've got who think you don't know what you're talking about, you stupid old bugger. Um, uh, so there's all these characters in there. Then you've got to think about if, if it, there's a lot of when they talk about character, you know, and they, they, they chat about is it is it um, na nature or nurture? Is it genetics or is it the way you're brought up? Well, psychologists can't agree, but what they all agree on is that it's at least 50 percent genetic, at least 50 percent. So that means it's it's more than 50 percent genetic, which means there's 50 percent of a person's character and you've probably got 500 genetic markers on you that will manifest themselves sometimes throughout your lifetime not all at once throughout your lifetime and there is nothing you can do about that you're like a puppet on a string at that point absolutely. aren't you you can't change your character you can change your behavior but you can't change your character you can you can wrestle with it and say i recognize that's what i want to do but i'm not going to do that because it's not good for me i'm going to do this so there'll be i mean if if, if you're in a classroom and you're, you're being the shit's being bitten out of your being out here by your parents every night that's not gonna that's gonna beat you down a bit you know if your uncle billy's been fiddling with you that's not gonna work if you you know if you haven't had supportive parents or if you've got great parents who are saying come on son you could do or you've got a bad peer group you know who are out with knives and so there's all these factors you're taking so it doesn't matter if someone like me goes and says tada here's how you do it it's dead easy because 90 percent of people won't do it the 10 percent who will do it are probably probably genetically disposed to do it anyway and all i would do going in there was give them the fast route to do it because they would they would have done it anyway somewhere along the line so yeah, is but, it worth it i don't know but, but, I, I, would, but I, would, I would like i'd like to go in there what i'd like to do i'm trying to run i've got a um uh, another person who is a, a governor of school and we're talking about going in and doing a little test so doing a 
get them to, 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 to fill some sheets out. What do you, what's your chances of investing a pension? How much you think you, how much can you, how, how much you need to retire? And then give them the presentation, then give them the, another test afterwards and just see how the attitudes have changed and see whether that was worthwhile because I would, I would just like to prove it one way or the other. And then just hope off the back of that presentation that they start to soak in more content because I think it's a gradual thing. Like one yeah. impactful day like that is huge. And I know that people that have gone to like, so you were talking about property a lot of people maybe go to like a property training event and that's the spark but then they have to go away and actually do some learning do some investing save up their money to make the deposit or source deals or whatever it is they're choosing to do but it's not just that one landmark event it's all the things that take place afterwards that get them invested so if you can get a classroom of of kids bought into this process a percentage of those maybe as high as 10 maybe as low as 10 maybe higher than that will get involved in that over the over the longer term maybe consume youtube channels like yours consume self-development podcasts on finance and they'll end up in a better position but hopefully that initial spark or interest in them will will, will grow it's interesting to bring up the personality piece as well um perry because i've hosted uh thomas erickson who's the author of surrounded by idiots and he talks about making changes to personality and i definitely think there are people who are predisposed to being excited by the data and the numbers and then the yeah, action off the back sure. of that. Whereas there's others that will always really struggle to do that. But if I look at you, Perry, and one of the, like the first section of the show, we were talking about how for 57 of years of your life, you were not predisposed to behaving in a yeah. fiscally responsible way. And it, something had to change for you to do that. Yeah. I was, I'm was. i a lazy person. Uh, I'm being blessed with a, with a high IQ, but that, that, it doesn't that's another part of my character that's very lazy um mm. that's why i said i was waiting for the world to recognize my genius and and give me the money but that, that doesn't work um so yes I, I spent many many years being doing the, the very least that i could possibly do in order to to get through life and it didn't work it's not it's not it's not a good plan i'm <laughs> evidently it's not a good plan so uh you you it, you have to you have to do something remarkable if you want to achieve something remarkable, that's the top and bottom of it. You know, everything comes at a price. But if you're not willing to pay the price, then you can't you can't do it. And I've I've said this this there's three reasons people won't become wealthy. I've mentioned them already, but I just want to crystallize this. It's hard work. It's going to take hard work. It will take you sixty working working forty hours a week is part time. Believe me, if you're working forty hours a week and you think that's that's normal, it is normal. But that's why you're average. It's part time. You're going to have to work sixty to eighty hours a week. It's hard work. The second thing is it's sacrifice. If what you're doing right now isn't making you wealthy, then you need to pretty much change everything you're doing right now because what you're doing, you know, it's 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 what you put what you're putting into the system. The, the, the system is kicking out this. And so you need to change what you're putting in the system. So you, you have to stop it. Now, as human beings, we don't like that because we like things to be normal. We like things to not change. We don't like disruption. The status uh, quo. The status quo. It's it's much com- it's much more comfortable because, and again, that's a, that's a very deep genetic thing. That's because we don't like change because it represents a threat. And we would like to stay in comfort and with the herd and nothing to change and stay the same. So you have to change everything that means sacrifice so you've got to stop going out with your mates at weekends you've got to stop stop buying clothes you stop upgrading your car every three years stop going on a holiday you have to work harder see less of your family those that sacrifice that's the second reason people don't do it and the third one is i've said you have to do these for 10 years i said to a guy in a, in a bar that i don't get recognized very often i'm not i'm not famous but one one guy didn't meant to look, look see me in a bar and he says are you that that bloke of the of the youtube i said yes mate he says oh can you make me rich i says well it depends he said well it depends on what i says oh, it depends how bad you want it he says oh i want it pretty bad like i says well okay i'll tell you what to do i says I says, um, work an extra 20 hours a week, stop seeing your family, stop seeing your friends, stop buying clothes, stop going on holiday and do that for 10 years and invest 60% of what you earn and you'll be wealthy. And like, oh, oh, I don't want that. And the price the wasn't price. worth it for him. Yeah, the no, price wasn't no. worth it for him. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. It's, um, yeah. it, I think it's a compelling message and it, one of the financial independence retire early guys that I've had on the show is an American guy called Steve Adcock that retired at 35 and he was doing... A very frugal lifestyle but also earning huge sums him and his wife were both earning about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year in big right. it jobs so they were packing away significant sums which meant they were able to do it very quickly whilst they're living quite frugally but as yeah. you're saying with minimum wage jobs mcdonald's jobs it is possible but the sacrifice is maybe perhaps huge. even greater because the, is, the, yeah. the, the the delta to close is bigger yeah it is and i've um 
one of the things I, I do is um, I do personal consulting with, uh, for an hour at a time, telephone or Zoom or whatever. And you have no idea that some of the people who ring me up, as you say, the rich people who are earning, I can't get too many details away, of course, but let's say a couple who earn 60 grand each, but are skint because they live a lifestyle, they live in London, not, not atypically. Um, and that lifestyle down there is phenomenal he's he was a bit late cost can be really high so rental or mortgage or through but, yeah yeah but it's, it's a lifestyle as well he came he was a bit late for the meeting and he says i'm, I'm sorry i've I had to take the kids rowing uh, so i says well yeah rowing's not very big in gates it's a, i don't have that sort of stress to take my kids rowing um you lived in henley um so but see that's the lifestyle down there you've got it and that's what you got to do and I said, you need to stop buying food at Marks and Spencer's and go to Little and much of it. And that's, but that's a big lifestyle change. If, if that's what you want to do and you have this, if people look at you in a certain way and you don't want them to look at you in a different way, then you've got to fall in line with that with that, uh, that lifestyle. And it's tough to break away because you've disappointed a lot of people. Abnormal results require abnormal behaviours. What sure. characteristics do you think are required to succeed in this kind of approach? You don't have, you have you don't have to care what other people think, and that and that's a really tough thing to do. By the way, you know if you're surrounded by people, I, I, my my mother, my mother was complaining last week, and she said, "Oh, you know, this and this." I says, "Yeah, man." I said, "I've just had to pay ten grand to replace the roof," and she says, "Well, that's because you've got too many properties, isn't it?" <laughs> right, right. There's a bit of prayer pressure for you there. I stopped expecting support from my mother a long time ago, by the way. But so that's it. So, but you'll get that, and your friends will say, "What are you doing that for?" And as you drift away from them, you know they'll they'll be pointing at you or talking about you behind your back, and and um and they stop bringing you up because you stop going out with them because you don't have the time with them. You can't, you're not willing to put the money into that and waste the money instead of investing. It. So it, it's it's an ability to be different, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. To, to be different and not care. And that's tough when you're young. It doesn't matter when you're an old bugger like me, 62 in July, um, because I don't go out drinking anymore. There's no pressure on me to, to go out on Fridays and Saturday nights. There's no pressure on me to go and look for a, a partner because I've got my partners downstairs with my grandson. Um, I don't have to do that. So that, my life's very different. And I, and I do appreciate that it's, it's much, much tougher to be young. That's a good level you, of self-awareness. Perry, because I think the listeners listening to this will be thinking, right, okay, what does this mean for me in the grand scheme of things? Does it mean that I don't go out to to find my my potential wife or husband? That that's mm. that's a very interesting point. But I guess if you can find somebody that's aligned with those goals, then maybe it's uh, you maybe you have in, to look you, in different places. You can retire in ten years. If you if you're a twenty year old, you can retire in ten years. All you do is you get a job, get a standard job, and then you do bar work or drive for Uber four hours. So if you work four hours extra a day as a side hustle um you would still get you'd, you'd be working 50 percent more than most people uh you'd be getting eight hours sleep in a, a night and probably getting every weekend off as well so what's hard about that uh, and, and then then if you found somebody so and if you take tw that 20 that extra 20 hours so it's 50 percent of your of your current earnings and invested that over 10 years you you'd have enough to, to kick out enough to cover all your bills from your first wage and you put it in a vanguard ISA or something like that um you you could retire and now it would be a very few frugal lifestyle it would be enough to cover your first salary but you could if you lived like the man you mentioned live frugally and if you had a part of a sexual partner who who had the same attitude as you then you would retire in 10 years on twice the twice the income coming in because you'd both be doing it so it is possible but it's hard there's no i'm not gonna i can't sugarcoat it anyway but you know you don't have to be as smart as me doing 15 years like be a familiar, would you like to be a millionaire in 15 years i'll tell you how to do it and that's true you can plan. extend the time scales yeah, you can yeah. extend the time scales and I, I i guess one of the one of the big things is you're talking about doing on minimum wage i mentioned steve adcock did it on on, on a pretty big salary there's maybe people that can do it on a mid-range corporate job if they can find the side hustle to up the hours on the side of that and to apply themselves and like i suppose if you were maybe doing this when you were in your politics job or when you um had one of your um i think it was a mortgage broker you said you worked yep. as as well it would have maybe been quicker um to, to to get to the goal or you could have done it in 10 years with slightly less sacrifice albeit still ensuring yeah, you kind of right. hit that kind of 60 percent mark there's a there's a wealth what i call a wealth formula i made it up it's not really a formula by the way but um it's it's a common it's a combination so wealth is the combination of money to invest an advantageous interest rate and time 
Now, those three are variables. Depends on which money you put in. It depends on the interest rate. It depends on the time. But if you play with them, so if you want to extend the time, then you, you, you don't need so much money in. Um, or if the interest rate gets higher, you don't need so much money. In, or you can put the same amount of money, but you'll get less, you need less time. So if you play with the variables, you can extend that, you know, it, like an accordion to bring it longer if you want to do that. Or you can compress it down as I am doing um, because I had to because I had no choice because I was stupid all my life. Then you can do it my way as well. But it is possible to do it in 10 years as I'm demonstrating. Yeah, I, I think I think you're demonstrating it really clearly, Perry. The different topics you cover in your YouTube channel are fantastic, and I think we've had such a, a wide and varied discussion today. If people want to continue the conversation with you and learn more about your movement and your journey five years in, five years to go, where should they head towards? Just head to YouTube, stupid is the norm. Please subscribe. I, I do appreciate your company and any support in the way. It is hard, believe me. Brilliant, Perry. That will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to you, the listener, and I'll be back to speak to you all again very, very soon.